This is the Common Sense Podcast presented by Tamar. I'm your host, Tamar Weinberg, founder and CEO of Tamar, and I will be talking to people of all walks of life who have suffered adversity and overcome to rise above the ashes and now make self-care and wellness an absolute priority. Hi, everybody. Today is, we're in, we're nearing May now, which is crazy for me. It's insane how the last couple weeks have been, I, I, I can't even describe what they've been like. I can't, I, everything is modal together, but we are still in good spirits. I'm keeping the podcast going. And today I have Shivani Ganguly, who is coming from the other coast. She is here to share her story. And yeah, thank you so much for joining. Hi, I'm Shivani. I live in Pacifica, California, which is about 10 minutes out or 10 miles outside of San Francisco. Um, I work as a part-time or contract CFO for a few different startups and nonprofits. Cool, cool. So I know you probably have a trajectory that brought you to this like interim CFO situation. Explain, explain your little story about how you, what you do, how, where you've started. Tell me a little bit about your history. Sure. So I also um, didn't mention that I have a young child who's three years old and he is of course in the background right now. He's watching YouTube, but perhaps chatting a little bit in the background. No apologies. No apologies. Yeah, no, no apologies. It's just the way it is right now. So let's see. So um, I started working in, in technology and worked in San Francisco for several years, uh, about 10 years. Um, and of course, I was dating a lot during that time, off and on. In 2010, no, 2011, I met my husband, Dave, in San Francisco. We met on OkCupid. And we dated for about three years, and we did a lot of traveling and stuff like that. We got engaged. We were on a trip in Vietnam. And then we got married in 2014, in January of 2014, at um, City Hall in San Francisco. And we bought a house in Pacifica in July of 2014. In August of 2014, Dave was diagnosed with a grade three anaplastic astrocytoma, which is a form of brain cancer, and it was terminal. So he was in treatment and in radiation and et cetera for a couple of months, and then chemo, and we did some more traveling. And he passed away in, in March of 2016. Um, and during that same time, I also had a another business. So I had been working um, before that as like a part-time CFO, interim CFO. I had gone to graduate school after leaving a tech job and then been working, having my own consulting business. But my dream for many years had been to start a, a grocery store, um, a market. So I did that and partnered with somebody, uh, a friend of mine, and I was kind of the person working in the store most of the time with the staff. And we launched in December of 2014, so about four or five months after Dave was diagnosed, and ran the store for about a year and a half. And uh, unfortunately, we closed down in January of 2016, so a couple of months before he died. So the two things kind of coincided. Obviously, his illness was a 
bigger thing in a lot of ways, but at the same time, I was going through the process of launching a business that was like my dream business, kind of working through it, trying to figure out how to make it work, uh, and then unable to make it work, and unfortunately had to shut it down. Um, so definitely a really, really difficult time kind of on both fronts. Right. After he died and the business was pretty much gone, though there was still some like wind down activities, I did some more traveling, kind of a theme for me. I went to Europe for a month by myself. And then I came home and uh, was kind of figuring out getting, I, I still actually had some consulting clients. Um, so I was doing some consulting work at the time, but pretty minimal kind of figuring out my next steps and again starting to date and I met somebody very quickly and uh, we got pregnant and um, I had a baby my son Sydney in March of 2017 um, and Sydney was born very early he was born at 29 weeks and he was one pound three ounces when he was born um, he spent almost four months in the NICU at CPMC in San Francisco. For the first six weeks of that, uh, we stayed at the hospital, and then they kind of sent us home, <laughs> and we still went back every day, even though it was about a 45-minute drive from the house, and sat yeah. with him and held him and stuff. And I was also working part-time, and I was a co-founder in a startup at the time with Sydney's father um, and a few other people. Um, and we had gotten a National Science Foundation grant to kind of get ourselves going and we're trying to raise money. And it was a really difficult time. From there, uh, when Sydney came home from the hospital, I decided to actually take some maternity leave. I had been sort of saving up my unpaid maternity leave that I was giving myself from my own business to, to do that when he got home. So I did take about three months off and then started to transition back into work. And at that point in November, around Thanksgiving, Sydney's dad had a breakdown and ended up in the mental, in a mental hospital, um, psych ward. And we broke up for a while and then we got back together. Um, and I started to work as the CFO in-house for the first time in about 10 years at a retail beauty company. And then Worked there for about a year and a half. And during that time, Sydney's father and I again broke up for good. And I now have uh, 100% full custody of Sydney on my own. And I left the full time uh, retail company job because I just like kind of couldn't handle going. They were, there was no flexibility. There was just not a lot of ways to work as a single working parent there. Um, and I kind of returned to consulting and have been doing that for about a year now. And I'm really enjoying the the flexibility and working with a few different clients. Yeah. And just kind of, especially even differently now with, with coronavirus and all of the restrictions in place, um, you know, enjoying being on my own and, and having the flexibility um, to do what I need to do. I, I like it. I like it. I like your trajectory. Very similar to mine, but like obviously none of the same jobs. But of course, it's it's all about flexibility. If there is anybody listening who is is, is concerned about the background noise, I enjoy that so much. It, <laughs> it really it 
you have to humanize the fact that we're at home and this is this is our offices are going to have and I have to yell at my kids to <laughs> but you have one kid and one adult They're, yeah thankfully I'm more, but getting them to do anything it's not yet like I I will say that there have been times in my past where I have been embarrassed to have my children in present with me and because that's the, the our, our society and our culture does not lend itself to supporting that and i think at this point we need to understand that this is our, this is the life this is, this is our lifestyle now so and, you know yeah and i think i think a lot of people are understanding that more i mean uh, a few days ago, I guess last week, I had to give a presentation at an all-hands meeting with one of the companies that I work with. Um, not a huge company, about 20 people were on the call. But I had been on calls for a couple of hours already at that point, and Sydney had been totally fine watching TV, playing by himself. And then, of course, like the minute I have to give a presentation, he's like all over me. Mommy, I need food. Mommy, I have a dirty diaper. Like, yeah. everything. So I... I calmly said okay guys I need a couple minutes I'll be come back you know somebody else do something <laughs> instead of me giving this presentation right now and I left and I changed his diaper and I got him some yogurt and he sat on my lap for the whole presentation about 30 minutes and you know I mean it was distracting for me but I think it still went okay and yeah. you know most of the people on the call have kids and kind of understand <laughs> and afterwards a couple people you know sent me messages on Slack saying that I was very calm given the situation and that the presentation was really helpful. So I think everyone, you know, kind of gets it. Like they're just like, it's not my, not my choice. I would not make the choice to yeah. work this way because it's super distracting for me, sure, but I don't think it's really that impactful on other people. I think that's good yeah. to remember. I think as every, everybody has to embrace this, they have to understand this. I, I remember, you know, this is reminiscent of 11 years ago, almost uh, a little over 10 years, uh, 10 years ago, my son's turning 11 when he was three months old. So this would have been uh, June, July, August, August, 2009. My, I, 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 I gave birth to my son when my first book came out. I actually published a book. Naturally, given the book and under the circumstances, people want to hear, you know, presentations. So I had a massive webinar in 2009 um, when I was living in an apartment, uh, a tight apartment, <laughs> and a, a thousand people were in the audience. What, and I didn't have, I wasn't, like, I was also alone. It was just me and my son. And yeah. um, I decided <laughs> to throw him in, like, I put him in, in a car seat. Uh, I put him in one of these bouncy chairs, and I had him watching Baby Einstein. <laughs> nice. It didn't work so well. So the background, oh, like, I can't even say like 15 minutes in, he started to scream, 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 scream. And normally I would be totally okay with it just a little bit. You know, it's a tolerable degree. Eventually you have to go help your kid. But yeah. I'm also in an apartment building with a lot of people. <laughs> so I felt very beholden to my neighbors to address that concern. But you, you know, I think at this, this point, if <laughs> you had to do that, I don't know. I think everybody, I think these days everybody would be understanding. You have yeah. to, you're all, we're all confined to our close quarters. We have to make it work. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I would say, you know, I think to you, 
to your story, there's a lot of like, uh, like that's the rising above the ashes story, but I guess, uh, I, I assume that that is. Um, yeah. I'd love to hear like, you know, your grocery store story, because that's a very massive risk. And, you know, even though you just, you decided and you decided early enough, like there's um, give and take. Adam Grant, he writes this amazing book about giving and taking. And he talks about how people who know people who are sticking through something for a very long time beyond what they can tolerate, what they might be able to financially tolerate their investors or whatever else, those are people who are more takers than givers. But it seems to you, you, you did, you did the right thing by like the entrepreneurial spirit, following the entrepreneurial spirit. You follow, you, you followed a risk and you knew when it was safe to exit. So for, I want to hear what went through your mind in the beginning and like toward the end, if that's okay to ask. Yeah, I mean, so the beginning is like a little bit hard to identify for me because it was a long beginning. Like I literally, I applied to graduate school in 2009 and the essays that I wrote were about starting like a community market. Um, And I didn't launch the store until December of 2014. So there was a lot that happened kind of in that period of, business planning and research and thinking about it and finding somebody to invest in it and all of that. Um, So definitely I thought about the risk, but I also, I just, I didn't know, you know, I had not, I had not worked in grocery stores. I had not, um, I don't know. I don't know how I didn't know this exactly. I mean, I knew it was low margin. I knew it was high risk. Somehow I just thought like it would be easier to manage than it was. Um, And, oh, and also I think this is actually a big thing. I thought, hey, I'm not going to actually be the person in the store managing it. I'm going to hire somebody to do that. And I'm going to be like a partner and oversee everything and be kind of more the business person, which is more my background than actually physically running a store. Um, And we did hire somebody and she quit after a week and then we were never able to really find the right person to do that in the store, like GM kind of a role that we really wanted somebody to be doing. So I ended up straddling that role while taking care of my husband, while doing some consulting on the side, while also trying to like, deal with the financials and get investors and stuff like that and it was just it was just too much for any one person and I mean I often wonder like would things have gone differently would they have gone better if I wasn't in this terrible personal situation I just you know it's impossible to answer that question but I do wonder that of course yeah um so I think there was some mismatched like sort of expectations or plans that didn't come to fruition around how it would actually be managed and also you know I mean I was just thinking like I love food I love grocery shopping I love that experience and I want to bring a good experience to other people and that was you know part of it was just like a passion for food and wine and and just to clarify, I didn't, it wasn't really a, a full-fledged grocery store that I was running. It was like a relatively small, more like corner market, like an upscale specialty food, wine store, corner market, like kind of like buy right in San Francisco. When you say wine, you, that. 
Yeah, when you say wine, you know that it's more elevated yeah. than standard. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Very cool. Yeah. And then I guess at the end, I mean, honestly, like, we probably should have ended even sooner than we did. And we just, we really wanted to see it out for a year and see if we could make it work. And since then, I've actually learned that, like, most grocery stores do not break even in that time. And we actually had, like, pretty good um, sales. But we couldn't get the labor component to match up to the sales. And um, especially in San Francisco, where there's a lot of, you know, what I think are very good rules around how much you have to pay people and um, providing health insurance. Like I'm totally in support of all of that. And I want to do things like that. We wanted to be really good employers and it was very expensive to be really good employers, unfortunately. Um, so, you know, I think that if perhaps if I had known all the things then that I know now, you know, now I've been CFO of retail companies in a different industry, but still of retail companies. And I know I have a better sense of like what the, like, metric should be and what the cash runway should be maybe we could have brought in more investors and continue to try to make it work but I just I didn't have the frankly I just didn't have like the energy to do that at that point and there was no one else who could do it yeah yeah you were doing a lot I mean I, I I can't I can't fault you for what you were doing and I have to say like I say it's like giving giving the whole give and take thing you clearly were it speaks to like the giving element of you what you're doing because you could have some and it may, it may be it's wrong because you probably you could have you never know what would have happened if you continue but yeah. but you didn't want to necessarily put the burden on yourself which is you're being you're giving back to yourself and also to potentially to the investors and the people who are you might have been financially i guess you you were financially beholden to you know yeah. doing that longer when it could have been a disaster i can't say it would have been but it could have been it was smart for yourself for your sanity to exit when you did and you at least got the experience of doing what you were doing yes yeah for sure yeah yeah so going back to i guess i guess i would love to know especially in your situation right now i mean like i think i think you did right for yourself and i think like would you i think you're you're happier you have your son he's gorgeous i was able to see him oh, thank you <laughs> once i was able to take a quick look i mean you're doing what you need to do and and i have to applaud <laughs> you for for all that i'm sure i'm sure it can't it can't be easy right now um especially because you yeah you're 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 just, you're just like we're all stuck behind doors like these four walls that we have around us so, yeah but how are you staying sane what's your like self-care look like on a regular basis and what does it look like now it looks on a reg like in in non quarantine time before this, it looked quite different. Um, I spent a lot more time alone. Um, I have a lot of childcare in place. He went to daycare, and I also had a part time nanny who would help, and I would like go to clients' offices a couple of days a week at least, and um, I would also go to like yoga class pretty much every day, like five or six days a week. Yeah. So, and go for more walks with the dog on my own and stuff like that. I took a writing class. So lots of like more personal focused activities, obviously more time with friends, but that's 
kind of everybody. Yeah. Um, so, Actually, for me, it has shifted a little bit. I haven't had, I didn't have friend, type of friends, but now the community is my focus. So it's interesting. It's very interesting. Oh, that is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So now I would say I'm, I'm obviously not spending very much time alone at all and have no childcare at all. So that's a little challenging, but basically we kind of, I would say that over the course of a day, I try to get, you know, five or six hours of work done and that's pretty much enough right now. Occasionally I have to do an hour or two of work at night after he goes to sleep, but he doesn't go to sleep until like 9.30, 10 o'clock. So it's pretty late. But you so, also shift, you have to shift your mind. Yeah, exactly. So it's more like, like chunks of work than sitting down and doing work for six hours straight. That just doesn't really happen, but I do a couple of hours and then we go do something else. And then I do a couple of hours. We are very lucky to live where we live right now, I think. And I feel really happy about that. We live outside of the city. We have a very large, very nice backyard. We're able to walk and be at the beach or be in the eucalyptus forest um, without having to drive anywhere. So we spend a lot of time walking. We spend a lot of time in the backyard. I've been gardening a lot. I would say that that's probably like one of my biggest self-care and also exercise pieces right now um which is great getting in um vegetables and yeah spending a lot of time gardening um and also spending a lot of time cooking and these are both like good activities for me and good activities to do with Sydney I find so he when I'm gardening he (laughs) like literally can pour water back and forth between three containers for two hours so that's a bonus same or dirt you know either one and he likes digging in the dirt me too you know he likes to pour things and stand at the counter while I'm cooking and stuff like that so kind of combining the activities that make me feel relaxed and happy with things I can do with him seems to be working pretty well we also like to like draw and paint together and all of that. So that's kind of how I'm surviving is finding the pleasures and the activities that I can do with him that also make me happy and then letting him watch more TV the rest of the time. As, as much as I, we're shifting our, our lives, I, I have to say, I feel for you, you can't do your yoga class. I, the one thing I want to do when we get after is Yes. Yeah. It, it is really, it is probably one of the hardest things for me about this is not doing very much yoga. So I do, we try to do a little bit of stretching and I try to involve him and he's interested for a couple minutes and then he runs away usually and goes into <laughs> something else and I do a few minutes more on my own. But you know, I'm not really getting to like yeah, do it the same <laughs> sit way. and meditate. That part yeah. of yoga doesn't happen. And it's just, yeah, I can't get, do more than, you know, maybe 20 minutes at a time, something yeah. like that. We had, we had in the beginning, not anymore, um, one of the teachers here she she teaches she usually teaches at one of the fitness clubs and i did it with her everybody else turned off their camera i don't know why i kept my camera on and I, <laughs> my children joined me it was really really for the adults i don't know how to do any of that stuff i can't <laughs> i could do downward dog but then you do like all this other stuff and i'm just like okay why <laughs> and i didn't even think why should i turn my camera i should have turned my camera because it was so embarrassing but like, sounds funny. You know, now I see myself that I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not sick and I'm not going, I'm not like, I, I was sick 
my understanding is that there's probably some a level of immunity. I want to go back to the gym. It sounds very yeah. selfish, though. So the five yeah. of us who the five of us who probably had it could go back to the gym. But at the same time, you know, I've also quarantined two weeks prior to the rest of the city. So it was because we had a, the first outbreak here. So it's quite. Mm. You know, I don't know. I, I understand what we need to do, and I completely understand the whole responsibility. But at the same time, like, yeah, we're start crazy, and you got to make things work. And right now. I, I have to applaud the fact that you have a lot more self-care going on than I do. Uh, I have I have been maintaining three things: running, which uh, sometimes I do, but mostly around my driveway in circles. <laughs> uh, reading, which I always do, and I also like I focus on learning a language. So I'm trying to learn Spanish right now. Oh, nice! I was so proud of myself because I looked at yeah. Yesterday I went to uh, the city for a blood draw, and it was right next to a church. And I the signs on the church like announced like Bible school and when classes were and. I actually hmm. understood the entire sign and I was so proud of myself. Oh, nice. Because I, I don't ask me to speak, but I could read. So, <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah, uh, I guess uh, let me ask you one question. If you could talk to yourself and give yourself one piece of advice, your previous, I don't know, an, el or an earlier version of yourself, I don't know how early, what would you tell her? Uh, um. I guess I would tell myself that to really like not worry too much about the small things and like, you know, the things that kept me awake at night or the things that somebody said that bothered me or whatever it might be, like those were just not the important things. And so just really focus on the people that I love and the people that, um, that love me and to always remember to find like the joy in every day and to really look for that in life. And um, I think that that's, that's what I learned from everything that's happened. And um, that's like still kind of what's keeping me going now. Okay. So, so I, I do have to ask this follow-up question, but um, all right. So, so we're doing this video, we're doing a recording and Obviously, what I'm looking at in your eyes right now, I, I some emotion there. So tell me a little bit about that as well. Um, well, I mean, it's been, there's been a lot of sadness and a lot of grief for me over the past, like, um, five, six years, six years, I guess. And it just, you know, it comes up when we talk about it. Um, it's not necessarily, like, a terrible thing I think you know I've worked through a lot of the grief and while there will always be you know some continuation of grief and some triggering of it I think it's just kind of a part of life and I think you know I mean in some ways I think that I'm dealing with this current situation better now than I would have 10 years ago or seven years ago um, because I have been through some, some difficult situations and have had to kind of figure out um, what it means to be resilient and how to keep going in difficult situations. Um, and, and that a difficult situation isn't the end of the world and that there is something to keep going afterwards. You have a beautiful son, and I mean, I want to give you a hug right now. <laughs> Thank you. I, see, yeah. I, I just wish I could. Like, this is Thank my, I'm, I'm, I'm my arms here, everybody. Yes. Um, Thank but you. I, I will say that I think 
you know, this the rising above the ashes story. It's like you're climbing through it, and I think you're climbing better than ever. Yeah, and I think so I, too. Yeah, and I mean, I, I I admire I admire what you're doing right now. I mean, it can't be easy. You're one person support system, and there's no one else there, and you're doing amazing. And I'm I'm I appreciate you. I know that uh, multiple people and a lot of people will appreciate this story and you know I'm, I'm i'm just i'm proud of you i will say i'm proud of you and I'm thank you so you. much that's very nice thank you i yeah. appreciate it it's been a nice conversation thank you for having me yeah yeah i hope i hope so i know i know these are hard sometimes these are hard but at the same time like i i hope that to some degree to you as the the guest here it's cathartic and it, it helps it's it helps you overcome and realize you know hopefully we have seen the worst that we're ever going to have you know it's not it can never we're going we're climbing we're getting we're getting we're improving what's the we're, we're seeing an increased trajectory from here and things are only going to go up from here yes i hope so and and i and i i'm praying for you and i'm i believe that you are going to you're going to do fine. You're going to do just fine. And you're doing great. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you all again for tuning in. This is your host, Tamar Weinberg of the Common Sense Podcast. Till next time.